Friends, Jenny Lesko is on the podcast today, and this conversation was so good for my soul because being a mama can be a crazy roller coaster of emotions, and parenting alongside our spouses can feel the same. And so, on today's episode, Jenny and I have some coffee together and talk about things like overcoming mom guilt traditions and daily habits that help instill kindness and godliness in our children and what to do when your kids actively choose disobedience and sin. Jenny shares about the parenting tensions and disagreements that she and Levi have had and how they have learned to come together as one in those situations. She shares about her sensitivities and convictions as a mom and also how she and Levi create special zones for their kids to enhance their childhood and grow together as a family. Jenny has such a kind spirit, you guys, and is a woman of true wisdom. So let's jump in to hear what she has to say. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. I am here with the lovely Jenny Lesko, and we are going to talk about all things motherhood, parenthood today. Um, You might hear a little bit of a fuzz. We're trying to figure it out, but we can't. And so we're just going to make do with what we have. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming on. So we just love you guys as a couple. We love all that you're doing. And so I just wanted to dig in a little bit today and see if you could give us some wisdom on motherhood, because I just watch you as a mama and I know nobody has it all together, but it just seems like you guys really handle your family in a way that is admirable and is structured maybe, but also just free. It's like you, you, from what we perceive, and of course everything is different at home and than what is perceived, but it just seems like you guys have this flow of your family. And I admire that so much. So would you mind sharing just a little bit about what your communication looks like with your children on a day-to-day basis? How do you pour Jesus into them in the mundane moments, not when you're at church, but just the day-to-day? Well, thank you. Um, I feel like it's very messy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of the point. I love how in the Bible it talks about, um, in Deuteronomy, it says, teach your kids in the little things when he said on the road and in your homes and um, just as you go. And I think that's kind of what Levi and I do, like you said, very imperfectly but and messily, but the best that we can with what we've got. And so we we try just in the little things to to bring in the gospel and to bring in God and Jesus and his plan for our lives and um, and it Honestly, it feels so much more simple 
then I think we can make it. I think sometimes we can complicate things and feel like we have to do a Bible study every day and what that even looks like. Like even in my own quiet time, it's like, what does it look like for me to successfully like spend time with God? And I think in my mind, I think of it as like, okay, if I can spend an hour just studying, like obviously that would be amazing. But this season of my life, it's not as doable. Yeah. It's not realistic. Um, But uh, with kids, I feel like it's been very, Levi and I try to bring our kids along with what we do and what God's called us to as a family and what that kind of looks like for us. Um, We will travel as much as we can as a family, as my husband speaks at different churches and conferences and tours and stuff like that. Like we try to bring our kids along with us as much as we can. And we homeschool our kids so that um, we can. Although this has changed recently because our oldest daughter, Olivia, is in eighth grade and wanted to go to public school. And so we're kind of doing that with her. And so traveling has kind of changed a little bit. But we just love bringing our kids into what God's called us to and and really make them feel like they're a part of it and they, which they are, but like bringing them along for the ride. So including them in when we're traveling, but also including them in, in kind of just everyday, everyday things like, like, do you guys, do you communicate your, your struggles and your stresses? I mean, with a limit, of course, but you and Levi, are you open with the struggles that you face and the sin that you struggle with? Yeah, we, we for sure do. I mean, there's like a moment where I am frustrated with the kids and I, I yell and I'm like, for me to be able to, to say, girls, I'm so sorry. Like Mm -hmm. that was not, that was not right for me. I'm still learning what it looks like to be frustrated and to not act out in anger and those kind of things where I for sure am bringing them into my world. And like you said, like, it's not all the details, but it's like just showing them that I still am working through the things that I am trying to teach them in. And I think that's such an important thing. I feel like for me growing up, I had great parents, but I felt like I saw a lot of of the dysfunction, but not a lot of the process of like, okay, so I saw that you guys were yelling at each other, Mm. but I didn't see any of the, so what now? And how, how do I figure out how to, to navigate frustration and disappointment and friction and tension? So I felt like I saw a lot of the problems and the issues, but I, I didn't see a lot of the, okay, now what? And which we all face. And so I think that's something that Levi is really good at doing with our kids and that I'm still learning to like bring them into my own frustration and struggle, but it's just, I feel like it just makes it more real and even just honestly easier to teach. Cause as I'm learning, I'm able to say, Hey, I don't have this. I don't have this perfectly at all, but this is something that I'm trying to teach you and something that I'm trying to help you grow in. And so, um, and we're in this together. So, yeah, that's so freeing for a child because I didn't see a lot of the work through either, like the resolution or the repentance until I got a little bit older. And it was difficult for me to just be like, okay, it is what it is. Like you're an adult and therefore you don't have to apologize. You're an adult and therefore you don't right. have to own up for any, to anything that you did. 
But I find, and I'm sure you find the same, Jenny, that when I have to go in the same, I had a night last night, a whole day, we're on day 12 of isolation and we're like losing (laughs) it over here. We've done so well. And for whatever reason yesterday, I just woke up and it was just like, I knew the trajectory of the day was not going to go well. And I was just frustrated and irritable and quick to anger with my boys. And at the end of the night, I was with my youngest, he's four and a half. And I just said, I'm so sorry. Like that is not the mommy I want to be to you. And I love you so much. And that's not my heart. That's not Jesus's heart for me, but I am working through. And it's just so quick. Like you're a great mommy. I love you. You know, their grace and their forgiveness Mm -hmm. is such an example of Jesus's grace and forgiveness for me to see that. And it encourages repentance more for me because it's not like yes it's humbling but it's not this horrible experience to where you're having to humble yourself and I think them growing up with that example is massively impactful absolutely I was just reading um and I have no idea where I read it but someone had said that even any perceived humility like in a relationship will will bring even more intimacy. And I think that's with any relationship. Like if we can just humble ourselves and even with our kids, just letting them know that we're not perfect and we're not expecting perfection, I think is so helpful. My eight-year-old daughter, Clover, is very strong-willed. And I I mean, I believe God has something very special for this girl because <laughs> yeah. she just takes care of things herself. Like even when she was like two, I would, she would ask for something and I'd be like, Hey, hold on a second, just wait a minute, a minute. And then I would turn around and she'd be like climbing up on the shelf to get it herself. Like she just Uh, gets it done. But, um, but that kind of thing with her, I feel like has been really, really important because she just observes everything and sees everything. And when I kind of humble myself, even if it's super frustrating moment between me and her, cause we butt heads a lot. mm -hmm. Cause she's, I mean, she's, I would say definitely for sure smarter than me, like knows, <laughs> knows things. And yeah. I'm like, okay, how do I teach my child who really does like, I mean, know more than me. And so, um, <laughs> but when I can just kind of like get down and humble myself and like, just talk to her, like, I feel like we get, we get further along yeah. when I'm trying to talk with her. But so you said she is an eight year old. What are the, all of the ages of your kids? So our oldest is 14. Okay. And, um, and she literally just started school, public school this year. And now she's in quarantine and she's like having such a hard time. I was telling her, I think she's probably the only eighth grader who's like super bummed that she's not in school right now. (laughs) But, um, so she's 14 and then Daisy is nine, Clover is eight. And then Lennox is two and a half and our little guy. And he's just He's crazy and wonderful, and we're so blessed to have a little a little a little guy oh, running around. around. <laughs> I have two, and my youngest, he's two and a half, Saxon Finn, and he sounds like Clover. Like he'll, we always laugh because he just <laughs> drags his little chair everywhere around the house, and he will grab whatever he wants. Where our other one was very dependent on us, so it's an adjustment. But we're like, well. As the second kid, we'll take that. Like, it helps us for sure. I'm not in the stage, I'm not in the stage yet where my kids are, like, actively choosing sin. It's almost like, I mean, they do, but it's more of an innocence. You have kids at an older age where they can actively choose disobedience, choose sin. 
And I've talked to so many moms who really struggle with that age group because they they just feel like I'm, I'm witnessing my child choose what is harming them. And it's so difficult. So what are some effective ways that you have found to respond when they are living that out? Yeah, that's a good question. I love listening to this, I guess, teaching. Um, but it's this woman, Julie Richard, and she leads Fearless Mom fearlessmom.com or whatever. Anyways, the big thing that I take away from her is um, thinking about the next 20 years, like these years, like the next 20 seconds, the next 20 minutes, but also the the 20 year, like your kids in 20 years and really keeping that perspective of what you're doing now in these moments are affecting them in, in 20 years. And so when, like with our oldest, when she is super frustrated with her siblings and getting angry and huffy and everything. But I try to keep giving is just the big picture of like, okay, there's going to come a day where you're in high school and on your tennis team, there's people who are bugging the heck out of you. How is what you're dealing with now going to help you then? How are you letting what, what you're dealing with now help you then? Or there's going to come a day where you have roommates and they're going to take something from you or whatever, like mm-hmm. trying to, to set them up for in the future, what you're dealing with now is going to help you then. And that's the same that's with, with sin and disobedience and everything, like how you deal with this sin and this disobedience and this struggle now is going to set you up for how you deal with the same things, but sometimes in a bigger sense down the road. And so the more you can practice patience and practice obedience and practice choosing what's right and choosing God's best for your life now Mm -hmm. is going to help you in the future. So really, it's a lot of that conversation of walking them through like, okay, you you did this and that's not good. But what you what you can do now as far as like getting back up and now making the right decision and now like choosing to get in this this rhythm and habit of of doing what's right. These kind of struggles and tension and what you're dealing with now is going to help you be strong and help you follow God in the bigger things down the road. And so I those are the kind of things like that I try to to teach our kids as far as like even bringing me when I was a kid into it, like relational issues and stuff that they're dealing with each other's siblings. It's like, I wish that I had been taught like to work through my emotions and to work through explaining how I felt and communication early on, like what you got, like we're we're trying to teach you guys because this, it would have set me up so much better Mm -hmm. in marriage and in relationships and boss and employee, like just (laughs) life. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, really that's what we're doing. Like God's given us the gift of these kids but we we also have that responsibility to to teach them the best we can to set them up to win and to mm-hmm. succeed and really when it comes down to it to love Jesus and to follow him and to have a sensitivity to the holy spirit and all that stuff and it seems like such a daunting thing but when we can kind of take those little moments mm-hmm. and um and not shuffle them away but really take a, a moment when they're I think that's kind of like the whole discipline thing it's like if we can discipline in the moment and really teach them through it. It's those little things. And it really, it's just that consistency mm-hmm. in the little things each well, day that, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I think everything that you're saying, Jenny, is it's mindfulness and intentionality. 
because we have to, you have to take advantage of those moments because if you don't, they pass by and that's with discipline, it's consistency. But I found similarly that if I allow something to pass, like you see it happen again and again and again because it isn't being addressed. And it's not that they're actively just trying to be disrespectful or be disobedient, but maybe they don't understand the reasoning behind why not to do something or what is the effect that this has. And yes, it takes time out of our day. Yes, it takes energy and it's, it's a lot, but that is the call of a parent is to raise them up in the way that they should go. And so I really love that. I love that also you're using your past experience and the things that you wish you would have had. And instead of using that as an excuse and saying, well, I didn't have that. So I don't know how to do that you're overcoming those circumstances and saying, I'm going to learn how to do that so that I can set my babies up better for the future. So yes, awesome. the best that I can. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How has um, the quarantine been for you? Just random question. Have you guys been okay? Is it tough being all at home all at once? Yeah. Well, you know what? We are go, go, go and like traveling a lot, but then when we're home, it's a lot. Honestly, it's just like an, I feel like an extension of what normal life is. And I personally love being home and I love like, um, I just, I love time at home. And so I think I'm really enjoying it. I think with the kids, I know our oldest, like I said, is really, really having a hard time with Mm -hmm. it. And I think it's been a lot of walking with her through just disappointment. I mean, we were talking about how people and friends like and people we don't know so many people across the world who are seniors in college or high school or whatever and they're like missing the final days of school and stuff like that must be so so hard but I think for us it's just Levi's really good at like scheduling out things so like he literally like wrote out his daily like what he's doing every day and I'm very much more feely so I'm like oh we'll just kind of see what happens and go with the flow and he um he has like working out reading reading something to learn reading something for fun uh walking all these things and so I'm thankful for I'm so thankful for that because I probably would just float through the day mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him kind of like it's a good balance kind of yeah no, the, it's a good balance because you also want that my husband is you he is super free like let's just take the day as it comes and for me I feel like the day I'm gonna lose the day if I don't I need to wake up and have an intentional plan otherwise it just won't work but especially during this time I've had to be really planned so how how do you on it when you're home Um, you like to be home. So what do your days typically look like? And this is just a practical question for moms who maybe don't have structure or don't, if they're homeschooling, what, what are some things that you do to keep life fun for your kids and to keep things on track? Man, I'd like to find out. (laughs) I'd like to learn from someone who knows. Um, I feel like I I have a loose in a typical day. I mean, it's weird because it's like right now it's spring break and it's quarantine time. So it's like, okay, do I let the kids sleep in super late? Do I like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but in a normal week, quote unquote normal, my mornings are homeschool with, with Daisy and Clover, our eight and nine year old. And then afternoons are um, go into to fresh life and meetings and all the things. But so in the mornings, I with our two and a half year old, like 
I have to have someone watch him or else nothing gets done. So that's been helpful even just to know like, okay, I need to have someone who's on, we call them Lennox duty. Cause literally like <laughs> they need to be like full on, <laughs> full on Lennox duty. So then I can really focus. Cause I think for me, when I'm distracted, like that's when they're distracted. And I honestly am so easily distracted that I have to set myself up to like focus. So that means I have to put my phone in the other room and if I can, if we can just focus like three hours is like my goal, then we get so much done yeah. and we do like, I mean, it's very loose in the sense, like we have on- online curriculum. We have, it's very much, we use this indescribable book by Louis Giglio that is amazing because it's devotional, but also science. So then it like mm. launches us, us into YouTubing yeah. Saturn and all that stuff. So anyways, like, it's very free flowing, but they're in second and third grade and it's just so fun. And so I think that is the thing for me is to be able to like just focus in really setting aside that time and then trying to make it fun too. And honestly, like I think my learning style is very much like hands-on and visual. And um, so it's, it's helpful for me to have that kind of stuff for them to do as well. But we also love just activities. I feel like Levi's really good at um, our kids do tennis and piano lessons and in the wintertime they ski mm-hmm. and um, just staying active, I feel yeah. like is a really helpful thing for the overall health and yes. everything of yeah. our family. But Well, and it but, gives yeah. them the opportunity to learn something maybe a little bit separate from their family. Like that's their own thing. And I think that really yeah. benefits and blesses the family a lot. Do you struggle with mom guilt when you have to leave Lennox or when you guys are traveling, if you do travel alone, do you battle that? Oh yes. I, and I feel like I am naturally like really hard on myself. And that's something that Levi and I have worked through a lot. Cause he's like, when I am, I guess my inner, inner voice is usually very critical and he's always like, Jenny, you need to coach yourself in this moment, not be critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you did that wrong, but you need to tell yourself, let's, let's do it. Let's do it better. Let's get back on this thing, you know? And so for me, like I easily get overwhelmed. I easily get frustrated and, and I easily have that mom guilt. I think because one of my strengths is empathy and being an includer but that's also one of my weaknesses, my greatest weaknesses, because I, I like, I, I want to include people. I want people to feel loved and know that they're known and seen and heard. But then when I don't do something or I'm doing something else, like I'm always thinking about, well, what if I had chosen this? So like, I'm the worst with decisions. And that's why I mar- God had me marry <laughs> Levi because he's like, he makes a decision and he doesn't look back. Yeah. Like he makes it's like, I do it and then we just keep going forward. But for me, it's like, and I hate this about myself, but like I make a decision, but then I'm like, oh, but what about the people that I left behind and I didn't choose? And oh, I'm like, I wish I didn't care as much. <laughs> so going on trips with my husband, like usually it's a work trip where he's speaking somewhere, but then we add on like a day or a night and have it be like a date trip. And I used to really have a hard time leaving the kids Um, Because I just felt like I hate leaving them and no one's going to take care of them the way I do. Not that I take care of them perfectly, but even just like, you know, as a mom of even babies, it's like, 
I barely even know what he wants when he wakes up in the middle of the night crying. Mm -hmm. So it's like putting that on someone else. And my mom used to watch him, but she moved away. So now it's like our nanny or close friends. But it's like, that's just always on my mind of like, okay, I'm putting this responsibility of trying to figure out what's going on with kids into someone's hands who is great. But it's just that whole thing. Like if, how can I, I barely know even how to like tell someone how to take care of my kids. It's like, ah, but, um, but I think even like working at our church and, and leading our church, there's always that too. Cause it's like, um, in the mornings, homeschooling in the afternoons as, as, as much as I can to be in and, and meeting with people and connecting with, with our staff and stuff. And, um, and I think there's a lot of that guilt of like, man, I wasn't able to pick up Olivia from school today, or I wasn't able to go to the girls jujitsu class today or whatever, like those kind of things where I just feel so pulled. And I feel like if I really am a good mom, I should make it to all these things. If I really like, but if I'm a really good boss, like I should be making it to these things. So I just always feel that like pulling, but I think there's so much beauty in embracing that tension because I I can't be everywhere at once and I can't do everything, but I can do the thing in the moment that God's calling me to do. And for me to do the best I can with the decision that I make. And even if I make the wrong decision, it's like, okay, maybe I should have been at Olivia's jujitsu thing, but I'm here now. So I can't like, I I just got to be all in, in this moment. And then later on get all the information I can from Olivia of how it went, you know, but it's, I think it's feeling like you have to do everything and be everywhere and be everything to everyone, but you can't. And so it's just, I think what that, what it comes down to in those moments is being sensitive to the Holy spirit too. And when you feel, I mean, I think as moms too, like we, we get those, like, you know, I really feel like I should be here or I really like, I feel like, I need to be in this meeting today, or maybe I don't have to be here so I can go here. Like, so I think it's that kind of stuff, honestly, where I'm just like, God help me because I don't know what to choose. (laughs) Well, and I think that's so wise. And I agree with you in tuning into the Holy spirit because dads don't feel this dad guilt for whatever reason. Like why I always ask my husband, don't you feel so bad that you couldn't go? And he's like, no, No. I'm fine. Like I, I play with my kids. I love my kids. I missed one parent teacher conference. Like it's going to be okay. And for me, I would beat myself up for days if I missed something like that. But I think that's what it is, is tuning into the Holy spirit and saying, what is it that I feel like is essential to be at right now? Because one, we have to consider that our children's memories are very limited and they're only going to remember a few of these things. And so maybe figuring out what is most important to them. Where do you like mommy the most? And for my boys, the age they're at now, it's just playing on the floor. They don't care about the other things. But as they get older, which events, which activities do you want me at? And then just allowing the Holy Spirit to to help navigate that time and praying like Jesus is in control of time. Lord, just help me to spread myself in the way that you want, but not so that I'm drained and exhausted, but that I'm relying on your strength and, and your fortitude to do what I need to do as a mama and love my babies without living in Satan's lies that I'm never enough and I'm not a good enough mom because nobody trained us to be moms. Nobody like (laughs) raised us up and said, this is exactly how you do it we've had to learn as we go. And so that's where just yeah. following Jesus. But thank you. I think that is just such a universal battle that moms face. Yes. 
It is. It's rough. So going back to just raising your children up, what are some habits or traditions or values that you guys have implemented in your home that have instilled kindness and a love for Jesus within your children? Mm. Well, definitely a love for God's word and kind of an expectation. Like whenever we read the Bible with the kids, our prayer is God open our eyes. It's from the Bible, but God open our eyes to see glorious truths in your word. And just kind of that expectation of, okay, when we open God's word together, yes, it's pandemonium and crazy. And usually kids are running off and it's always like, you can never expect with kids, a Bible story time to really like go well. But actually the only time that it really does that they listen in is when Levi tells a Bible story, like not from a book or not from the Bible, but he like tells the story of David and Goliath. Yeah. And so we, we do that a lot, which is really really fun they just they're so engaged but um but just knowing that it's not going to go perfectly but that's I mean that's kind of that's just life and I think the more that we can lean into those those moments of just opening God's word and yes a kid's bible is like the best so Mm -hmm. um opening the bible and just saying God speak to us and then afterwards like maybe taking one truth and just being and praying that over them like god help us to speak the truth in love amen like just making it super simple and fun and um that's really been a huge thing for us as a family and i think even like like reading kids bibles is has been such a refreshing thing for my own heart like mm-hmm. as i'm as i'm reading them this bible story that is easy for them to understand it just opens my eyes in a special way of of god's word in just a simple 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 way that's just helpful for me (laughs) i agree so much it's so funny because sometimes i'm like am i supposed to be this enamored with this because i i wasn't raised with bible stories at all so i know them how i've learned them with application and all of this but sometimes it's really sweet to go back to the basics of it and read it and i get more excited sutton is still in the stage where he like doesn't really care that much so we try to do action bible to keep it engaging but when i read those stories i'm like it is it's just so basic and so refreshing and it's just a quick truth that's helpful yeah. to read yeah <laughs> i can relate no, that's so good i love it is there any special moments that you have or traditions that you've created in your home like for me dinner time is my thing like i just really love sitting around the table and having those conversations and like digging into their hearts do you guys have any routines or anything like that that you feel just really connects you with your kids? Yeah, a dinner time for sure. I mean, there's obviously, you know, there've been studies shown that like even, even two nights a week of family dinner around the table will um, just change the trajectory of your kids' lives. Like, yeah. cause you're all coming around the table and connecting with each other and no phones and, and all that, that has that's just so huge and it, but it's such a simple thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that we love, we love dinner at home and now it's every night and wonderful and (laughs) outside as much as we can. Um, also Levi has done a really good job at creating like different zones. So we've obviously together, like in our home, we, we love, we love making it better and the feel and the atmosphere of our home. But like, Last summer, um, we built a deck in our backyard so that we have a covered deck below and then a deck with a hot tub 
um, oh, on top. Fun. And honestly, the it's been amazing. And in quarantine, it's been it's just made our home even more fun. But like the addition of the hot tub has been honestly like a game changer for us and especially as our kids mm-hmm. are getting older and maybe they don't want to um hang out as much with us i don't know <laughs> I, I think we're still fun and they're having and fun cool but yeah. like <laughs> but like whenever we say hey let's go in the hot tub everyone's like yeah and we we're in there no phones it's just another like dinner table type place where i mean we've had some of the best conversations me and my oldest daughter um just sitting there talking about life and struggles and stuff and Mm. really 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 special and so um I love that Levi's made it where we have those little zones we have an outdoor like dining room space where we can have dinner outside and in the summer and our dining room booth inside our house has been like one of our favorite spots. And I think creating a space that our family wants to be is so important. And you can do it on any budget. And even if you don't have a lot, like you can make a space special. I was reading in a magazine, um, literally it was saying like, you can have a tiny apartment in New York and have a folding table and paper plates and you can create an atmosphere of hospitality and love Amen. and and kindness and encouragement. And you don't have to have all the, the things that you think would make an atmosphere awesome. So I think it's really just the, the love that you and the intentionality and the um, design that you put into what you want to get from a space, you know. Yeah. And so that's important for us. Spaces also like we have different songs that we'll sing at night and before the kids go to bed. And that's, that's a super fun, special thing. And like memorizing the Lord's prayer or Psalm 23 or um, different verses. That's always such a huge thing. And kids are able to memorize like so quickly yes, and so are. well. <laughs> yeah. So I think leaning into the fact that their brains are like growing and learning so much that's that's been a really huge thing too. And for listeners who may just be kind of exploring their faith or who may not be believers yet, memorizing scripture, especially for children, gives them the ability to fight sin, just as it does for us. But yeah. to battle sin as they're getting older, they have this temptation, but they have God's word that's there to battle it immediately because God's word is powerful. And that's exactly how Jesus fought sin when he was up on the mountain. And so giving them it's not just out of religion or routine to memorize it is for the sake of protecting their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus and it does the same for me when I teach my son the memorization verses some of them I don't know and it teaches me so that I'm like oh wait shoot what was that one I need to remember it to make sure it's right and you've touched on you and Levi being different it sounds like you're very different you just balance one another out So can you share some examples or an example of parenting differences that you have had? Um, I think one of the biggest questions that I ever get with the podcast or my blog from moms is how do you come together with your spouse when you disagree on parenting? So how would you encourage married couples to come together as one in something like that? Yeah, well, um, the things that usually come up are like, uh, like movies, mm. what 
because I, I, in general, I'm just more, I'm a more sensitive person. Like I, I'm sensitive to like the F word in movies and stuff like that, where I'm just like, whoa, it's like, it shocks me every time that I hear it. But like my husband, not that he's like desensitized, but I think he's always in the story. Not that we watch movies yeah. Say the F word with our kids, <laughs> mean, but yeah. just in that sense for us too, like I'm just more sensitive. So like, mm-hmm. I know I'm like when they watch a movie, I'm like, okay, we just need to be aware of this, like the moments that they need to, um, close their eyes or whatever, even if it's like a kid's movie. But, um, but that kind of stuff where I think I am more sensitive. So I'm thinking how, how it is for for them and maybe he's not he's not as much and so we've had to come to a point where we're talking through okay well how are we taking advantage of maybe things that come up in a movie where we can explain like hey this is what they're doing but this isn't what god wants us to do or whatever i think i like that part that aspect of it that that levi thinks through because it's like we're especially being homeschooled and maybe they don't get stuff from school, but really taking life opportunities to be able to, to teach our kids like, well, this is right. And this is wrong. And this is what God says to do. And this is what God doesn't say to do. So those kind of things, but Levi and I have had to come, we've had many conversations where it's like, okay, I don't like for me to speak up and say, well, I don't think that this is, is good for our kids. And then he's like, well, I think that it's an opportunity. And so we kind of have to talk through it together. Yeah. And ultimately we're both wanting the best for our kids. We're both wanting to be sensitive to each other. I mean, he has to be more sensitive to me. I'm not, <laughs> he's more like he's fine with stuff, but, yeah. but it's like, I think really ultimately it's the communication um, and for me being willing to like speak up and say, Hey, this, this is what I would like to do mm. where I think for Levi, like in my mind, I think, okay, every night we need to read a Bible story and pray and snuggle. And, and for Levi, it's like, well, we, we prayed with them earlier in the day, or we read the Bible earlier in the day and let's just sing a song and, and say a memory verse together. And then, so even like bedtimes, it's like, some there have been times where there's tension because I'm like, well, we need to have like a whole time with them, and he's like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and it's <laughs> even like how we were how we were raised too. Like, yeah. not that I had that when I was little, but I think in my mind that's like an expectation of like, well, that's what you're supposed to do, right. you know. And for him, mom guilt, he was brought up different <laughs> yeah. too. So I think it's just honestly, it's it's knowing our our backgrounds, mm-hmm. it's knowing like what we're, our expectations are, and then meeting in the middle. And, and kind of flexing on both sides and, and yeah, I, it's, it's very messy, but it's, it's honestly another way that we're, we're just relying on the Lord to give us wisdom. And I think that's really the biggest thing is in this, like you said earlier, like, we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're just like, especially with our oldest, we're always telling her like, we're so sorry. We're just kind of like trying to figure things (laughs) out. You're a guinea pig. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, but really it's, it's, it's another opportunity to rely on the Lord mm-hmm. and his wisdom and ask him for strength and for discernment and what is the best in this. And it's, so it's really always changing in the sense that like, we just want to be in the right flow of what, of what God wants us to do. And so it's, no, we're good. just learning. Yeah, <laughs> but that's good. And I think that is going to be freeing for so many mamas because it, 
It is in the sense that you have a bunch of little children with a bunch of different personalities being raised by two people with completely different backgrounds and personalities <laughs> and habits. Having consideration of that is so important. And that's where grace comes in and just saying, yeah. my husband, Jesse, was raised drastically different than I was. And we even, this is so random, but our nephew was over and he lost a tooth and he put a tooth under his pillow. And I told my husband, well, go get some money. And he was like, okay, what, like a quarter? And I was like, a quarter? Get him like a $20 bill. He was like, a $20 bill. And I said, yeah, I would get 20s for my tooth. He goes, I would get like 10 cents. And so we kind of like, so funny. no, wait. I, and I was so set on, no, you need to like spoil him. It's okay to spoil him. How often do you lose a tooth? But we just laughed at the end of it because we ended up giving him $10. We compromised. But we we had that, like, it's just another example of how different, in such a small way, but how different you can be raised. And so you view things differently. And so understanding yeah. that and coming at it with that perspective, I think, helps us to have grace on one another so that we yes. can disagree. And show even our children, we disagree, but we disagree respectfully and without screaming at each other and without cussing at each other like life doesn't have to look that way we can come to a compromise but it's consistently learning do you have you found that it's harder to parent older children or younger children or just different it's just different because when they're younger like you're just trying to keep them from killing themselves like from (laughs) jumping off the deck or holding a knife or but it's like you're just the intensity it just shifts a little bit so like with Lennox, well, it's a whole different thing with a boy. We've we had four girls, and now it's like just a little intense bundle of wild rage <laughs> most of the time. Although he's like the sweetest little guy ever, but so I think it just changes because like my my worries. I know I'm not supposed to worry, but my the things that like consume me for him are it's like the same intensity but it's just in a different way for Olivia. So like Mm -hmm. now it's figuring out, okay, she's 14. Should she have a phone? Like she has like an, well, she has a phone, but it's like in iPod mode. So it's not like she doesn't have, yeah, yeah, it's super limiting, but then she's not on all the things that her friends are on. So it's like, do we teach her that she doesn't have to have all the things everyone else does? Does it isolate her from friendships? Like, so now it's like, teaching her how to ask for wisdom from God on her own. And like, what does this, what does this look like for you? Like, what, what would you decide? And like having those kind of more adult conversations and yeah, and boys and things. But then I don't know, I feel like it, it is different, but I honestly love so much as the, the girls have been getting older, like seeing more of their personality blossom and who they are mm-hmm. and um yes there's teenage angst and difficulty but it's like it's so fun like I love seeing Olivia grow and maybe go through hard things but yeah. being able to walk through that kind of stuff together I just I really love the getting older phase yeah. we just um potty trained our little guy and so we literally have no diapers in our home which is like amazing (laughs) we are I keep saying during this isolation I'm like I have no excuse right now I need to just get it done (laughs) when was Lennox born so his birthday is July 15th 2017 
Okay, so Saxon's January 3rd, 2018. But he, like, he watches his older brother so much that he just is, I can tell he's ready. And we forced it on Sutton, but I don't want to force it because it was a mess. (laughs) Like, that was such a bad idea. (laughs) So we need to try it. But but thank you, Jen. I feel like I have so many questions. But I just, I really appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and just sharing where you're at and reminding us that we don't have to have it all together in order to lean on the Lord and allow him to lead us because that's the most important thing. Lastly, I want to touch on your new book, The Fight to Flourish. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so it comes out May 5th, right? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Taco Tuesday. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, And it's available for pre-order. So can you talk a little bit about what your heart was behind this book and what you want the readers to gain from it? Yeah. Um, Well, really, it, a lot of the theme of, of the book is walking through our story with our, our five-year-old daughter, Lenya, going to heaven suddenly five days before Christmas. So that's kind of like the foundation, but really what's kind of stems from, from it is just the everyday struggle. And I mean, you guys have heard me throughout this podcast. Like I, I know that I don't have it all together and that I'm, I'm learning and I'm continual, continually learning. But, um, but my heart is that the reader would know that you don't have to wait to get to a certain place in life to flourish and to bloom and to thrive and to be your best self. Like you can right now, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what, the difficulty or the trial or the pain or the grief is that you're dealing with now, um, you can actually thrive and grow and and flourish right where you are. But it's a mm-hmm. fight, and I think and there's just that tension there. It's like, wait, if I'm if I'm planted, shouldn't I just grow and, and yeah. thrive? It's actually a fight for honor. It's a fight to to respect and love your husband. It's a fight to teach your kids the Bible. Like these things that that cause us to flourish don't come easily. So it's a fight. And so um, I think that throughout the book, I kind of explain like what it means to flourish and um, the seed that goes into the ground. Like it doesn't flourish when the flower comes out on the plant. Like it's, it's flourishing as the little tiny sprout is coming out of the seed and into the darkness of the dirt. And like the whole process is flourishing. And so wherever you are in the process of your life in Christ or your life with your family or your work, no matter where you are, like you can flourish right here. I think so many people say like bloom where you're planted, but I say like, don't bloom where you're planted, water where you're planted, weed where you're planted, cultivate the soil where you're planted like just be where you are where God has you and he's gonna do the work in your heart that only he can do and so it's I feel like (laughs) I feel like my book is very much like me like it's it's very just a lot of different kind of scattered and almost a lot but it feels it's I'm excited about it and God's just so faithful because I didn't think I was going to write a book till I was like 80. <laughs> and he, the way he, the way he did it is just so funny. I mean, yes. Anyways, God's just so good and well, I'm I'm so, I'm so thankful. So. Yeah, I'm so yeah, happy for you. you. I'm excited. I've loved seeing I watched some of Levi's behind the scenes of you reading doing the audiobook. You were recording oh, yeah. for the audiobook, right? So that's amazing yeah. that you got to do that because that's such a great I think especially now I know some authors who are self-published and who are trying to get into that zone because it's such a need because that's how people read. I like the book in my hand. Like I am a re I like the smell of the pages. 
but I know a lot, my husband will do audiobook all day. And so that will be an option as well, which is so cool. But I just want to yeah. say, I just want to encourage you that you are such a wise woman. You just have this calm and humble spirit about you that is so appealing and so just refreshing to talk mm-hmm. to and to be around. So I just want to say thank you so much. And I'm excited for your book. And I'm thankful that you took the time to share your heart with us. So thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you, Lindsay. That means so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too. So don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.